Hi there, and welcome to the Homestead Education Podcast. Do you have a homestead, farm, or just dream of a rural life? This is a show to help you and your kids grow your own food and grow as a person. I'm your host, Cody Hanner. I'm a homesteader, homeschool mama six, and small town enthusiast. I was raised by an old school rancher and blessed by the grace of God to have been exposed to so much of what rural life has to offer. Join me every week to talk about homesteading, homeschooling, and growth with a homestead education. Hey, hey, friends, and welcome to the Homestead Education. I have started hundreds of seedlings every year, and this week I saw something I have never seen before. I had two trays of bell pepper starts that were looking amazing and growing just as I would expect. A couple of days ago, I went to water them, and they looked just as healthy as they had the day before, except they were black. I freaked out because these were pretty much all the seeds that I had in these trays. And I have grand plans for my garden this year. But I mean, who are we kidding? We all have grand plans for our gardens every year. I, of course, frantically turned to Google to see what I can figure out. Most articles said that they had root rot and that they were goners. I had a hard time believing this because they looked so healthy. With further digging, because I figured that there was no way this was my only fate, Turns out, specifically pepper plants have starter roots called water roots. These are pre-roots before the fibrous permanent roots that can handle a large amount of water. The water roots can become waterlogged and can actually kill the seedling from rot. But if caught quickly, it'll only affect the color of the seedlings. I quickly uncovered my plants and reduced my water schedule. Within just a day or so, some of the color had returned and only a few were lost. So if you're having weird things happen with anything on your homestead, take the time to research. If caught early, you can often halt and reverse any damage that has begun. All right, on to our main topic for this episode. We're going to be taking a deeper look at homeschool, curriculums, and thoughts on rural living. So don't worry, there's a little something for everyone. I was recently reviewing some statistics from thinkimpact.com that had some great credible resources on homeschooling both before and after the pandemic. It was really inspiring to see that 43% more parents considered homeschooling after the pandemic, and those that started homeschooling during the pandemic, 69% considered continuing to homeschool afterwards. These are amazing numbers. In fact, the homeschool rates in the last couple of years had jumped from 3.4% to 9% of the school-aged population of the U.S., According to the 2020 U.S. Census, there are more than 76 million school-aged children in the U.S., so the number of homeschooled students is almost 7 million, and considering there are states like we live in that don't require reporting to anyone that a child is homeschooled, so those numbers may be even higher. These are not small numbers, people. I had never thought in my life that homeschooling would be so mainstream. When I was a kid, I had one friend that had been homeschooled till about third grade, and I was blown away that homeschooling was even something that existed. I had never heard of it before. Personally, I liked the idea because I always wanted to work ahead and study more than what was happening in the classroom. But I was so programmed that public school was the only option, I believe that homeschool was actually a taboo subject. When it became apparent that my kids needed an alternative to the schooling that they were receiving several years back, I was afraid to even suggest homeschooling, especially to my husband, who I was sure would think I'd lost my mind. Luckily, we were friends with another veteran family. This is a big piece of my husband's life, connecting with other veterans, who were homeschooling through a charter school. 
it was a really great program for us because you had a teacher that guided you, a spending budget for curriculum, and the still and the kids and the kids still went to half day programs once a week at the charter. I suggested it to my husband after our oldest got into a little trouble, and like I thought, he didn't just think I was crazy, he was convinced I was. However, we had recently received his diagnosis that I've spoke about previously on the podcast and my website, so we were looking for more ways to connect as a family. Within a few weeks, all four of our older children were enrolled in the charter program, and we were solidly in over our heads. I was trying a little of everything to see what felt right to us which now I know was actually a really great idea. The place where I messed up is that I didn't give my kids a chance to de-school. I wrote about this on my bra I wrote about this on my blog recently, and I'll link that in the show notes. But basically it's a chance for newly homeschooled students to decompress from the rigors of public school and find things that really interest them. My crew had all been having a really rough time in school, as all of them are not neurotypical children. Three have ADHD, one is high-functioning autistic, and on top of that, one has a super fun condition called ODD, or Oppositional Defiance Disorder. One has speech delays, and another one has dyslexia and dysgraphia. I really felt like that if we had given them an opportunity to reset after being pulled from mainstream school, I would have had more success those first couple of stressful years. Don't worry, though. It gets easier. We have settled into a wonderful routine now where our homeschool time is often quite enjoyable for all. Now, we were lucky when it came time for us to homeschool due to my husband's income from veteran affairs. We didn't have to worry about childcare. Not all families have or had this luxury in the past. What makes it possible today is a combination of a few things. One of those is the ability to work remotely, so one or both parents are able to be home with the children more. There are a ton of programs for homeschooling, both online and as book work, that really support the parents in teaching the kids or allow for independent learning from the kids themselves. One reason I have personally seen some financial options is real estate and investments. I'm a realtor for my day job, I guess you could say. So I've seen a lot of people that were able to catch a bubble in the real estate market where they could sell their homes in higher priced markets and buy property in lower priced markets where they had little to no monthly costs. These lower priced markets are often in rural places as well, which is a perfect segue to the rest of what I have to say today. With the influx of what many people today call modern homesteading, which is a whole list of different types of endeavors that bring so many together in today's world. Homesteaders include small scale farmers, home cookers and preservers, Gardening off. I'm going to start over for this whole paragraph. That's for you, Natalie. With the influx of what many today call modern homesteading, which is a. I'm starting over again. With the influx of what many today call the modern homestead, which is a whole list of different types of endeavors that bring so many together in today's world. Homesteaders include small-scale farmers, home cookers and preservers, gardeners, off-gridders, back-to-earthers, herbalists, hunters, mountain men, and urban farmers. I really could go on, but I think you get the point. All of these interest groups really have one thing in common, and that's self-sufficiency. My favorite thing about this movement is the massive amounts of information that there are for me to geek out on. 
I love that I can research almost any topic at the tip of my fingers and listen to a podcast on so many ideas while commuting into town or while I work in my garden. So about a year ago, when I was really trying to find my voice in blogging in a very loud arena right now, nothing was really standing out to me. My favorite podcast is Old Fashioned on Purpose with Joe Winger. It's the first one that I ever really binged listening to, and if you get a chance to listen to her, I really suggest it. I was driving to town one day last spring and listening to her series on homestead businesses. She had a gal on who, as a guest, who was talking about how she had moved on to her then fiancé's and now husband's family ranch in rural Northern California, which is where I grew up, so the conversation really caught my attention. She was talking about how she had tried to have a social media presence as a fashion blogger and didn't really get any attention until she started posting pictures of the horses. However, where her success really came from was when she decided a stamp as a wedding favor and started selling it on Etsy. Next thing she knew, she was being featured in what, if I can remember correctly, was Southern Living Magazine. What a huge turnaround. That is when it hit me. I may be a farmer that loves talking about my passion, but that doesn't make me any different from the thousand other homestead bloggers out there. What makes me different is how I can teach it. When I started homeschooling my kids, I couldn't wait to start teaching them ag science. This was my passion, and I knew that I could ignite a love of science in my kids just like mine with everything I had to offer. But I wasn't a teacher, and I had never even taken an ag ed class in college. So I decided to seek out a homeschool curriculum for them on farming that I was going to just rock at teaching. I was so disappointed to find literally nothing. There were a few ag science textbooks designed for public high school students and 4-H curriculums, which I still love. However, those are designed more for group settings and still only had a few lessons for each topic. I began making it my mission to put together solid lesson plans on farming that integrated with what we were doing on our farm and our travels. My goal was to have enough put together by the time our two younger boys were old enough to start learning these topics that I had everything in place. I realized my voice needed to be putting everything I had together and write a homeschool curriculum on homesteading. The more I thought about it, the more I saw a need for this in the homesteading world and the homeschool world. Those that are new to homesteading with children and even longtime farmers are always asking online how to get their kids involved in the farm. They're asking how to homestead with kids And the question that they aren't asking, but I have the answer to, is how do I give my kids ownership in our endeavors? Ownership is key. Kids want to be involved and they want to feel needed. Now, I have seen the conversation online that people say homesteading is something that you, as the parent, want, not your kids. So you shouldn't make them do chores. But as controversial as this statement may or may not be, I believe that everyone should help. I'm not just referring to farm chores. This includes house chores and cooking as well. In fact, my daughter helps with the animals and my sons know how to cook. We as a family support the family. I believe strongly in this because the other thing I see trending online is people complaining that they weren't taught some life skill in high school or college and that they wish they would have learned that instead of algebra or some other subject. Although, don't ask me about the importance of algebra because that's something I'll fight you on. Anyways, though, this is what my kids are learning. Life skills. And what I feel like is key is that they are learning these things 
because they want to due to having feelings of ownership and all the things that my husband and I are doing. I'm not saying that we never have to drag them out of bed in the morning to do chores. They are kids. But chores are good for them. It teaches them responsibilities, consequences, and builds character and problem-solving skills. Even in the rural community filled with hardworking kids that we live in, our kids are so busy in the summer making spending money for fair doing odd jobs for people in our community because people appreciate the work ethic and responsibilities that our kids exhibit. When I started writing my curriculum, starting over, when I started writing my currently available homeschool curriculum, this was something that I kept in mind. This is why I included stories on traditions and respect within each unit. When I release the middle school version later this spring, there will be many character building pieces built into it. I am doing this because just like when I majored in agriculture, it wasn't just about the science. It's about community and genuity, integrity, and hard work. I really think that I could go on and on about this topic. Well, actually, I know I could because that's why I started this podcast. I love teaching about homesteading, but the act of homesteading is only one piece of the puzzle. We would not be as successful as we are homesteading without the community we have here. The friends, neighbors, and colleagues that we have forged relationships with have been integral in the advancement on our farm. After I decided writing a homeschool curriculum was what I needed to do, I needed to get my husband on board. To be honest, he isn't always gung-ho for the wild ideas that I have. But he usually gets on board after only a little persuading. I came home and told him my, my idea for the first time, and he loved it immediately. I know with my idea and his support, I could really possibly have something here. We sat down and looked at our calendar over the next couple of months. It was the middle of June when we decided... It was the middle of June when we decided what our timeline should be. I knew I wanted the curriculum available before the following school year, so that gave me about two and a half months to at least have a downloadable version ready. At that moment, we were right in the middle of Little League baseball season and headed quickly into 4th of July festivities, where my husband does all the parades with the volunteer fire department he's a member of, and one of our sons was running for fair royalty. Whew, we were going to be busy. Then our fair was coming up the first week of August where all of our kids were showing animals and I was the swine barn superintendent. When it really came down to it, I had about three weeks in July to make it happen if I was going to be able to release before the school year started. First off, I consulted one of our neighbors that used to own a shipping company and asked them how I was really going to make this work. They gave me some wonderful ideas and really saved me a lot of money and startup costs with their thoughts. But to be honest, when it came time to really start writing, I was kind of at a loss. I had a ton of information and a very excited four-year-old ready to try all the projects, and there was absolutely nothing traveling from my head to my hands. I started asking my kids for ideas on what they thought would be a fun way about learning homesteading. Now, you might laugh when you hear this, but they were literally ignoring me because they were playing Farmville on their tablets. Are you kidding me? We have a whole farm outside. That's when it hit me. Kids like goals and simple steps with results. I began putting together the Build Your Own Homestead poster. This poster is the end product of the grammar school version of Homestead Science. The children will start each unit of the curriculum with a character building story, 
After that, they do daily worksheets on various homestead topics, which get them ready for their homestead improvement project on their poster. For example, if a child learns about chickens that day, they will build a chicken pin on their homestead poster and then add a chicken to the pin. At the end of the year-long curriculum, they will have a finished homestead poster and receive a deed. This gives the kids short-term results as well as the reward of all their efforts paying off over a long-term commitment. The most common question I've received about my curriculum is, do I have to own a homestead for my kids to benefit from this curriculum? And my answer is an overwhelming absolutely not. In fact, this curriculum teaches a lot about where food comes from and gives options on how to complete activities for those who don't have access to homesteads. My goal from the beginning is to provide information and life skills to anyone who wants to learn them. The next question I want to answer is why I call my curriculum homestead science. Well, that's because homesteading is 100% a science. It covers agriculture, food science, home ec, social science, problem solving, and experimenting. For the grammar school level, it is definitely about a first exposure to these topics. When the middle school version is released, it could be for 5th to 9th grade as an entry level or as an entry level for high school age students. I plan to have it aligned with suggested requirements of a grade appropriate life science. I'm so excited to be able to reach so many more students and their parents with the future curriculum levels, as I believe the importance of a homestead education is unmeasurable. Many people have already purchased this curriculum for their family, co-ops, and after-school programs. I have seen it used in farm schools, and I am hoping that this year people pick it up as a summer learning option. I have recently been able to get these books professionally printed, saving me hours of printing at home and making it possible to attend more conferences and shows and to ship to you guys a lot faster. If you think that homeschool science is right for your family, there's a link in the show notes. There are freebies available to sample some of the curriculum before purchase as well. Also in the show notes, I have a link to apply to be affiliate for any of the product for any of the products I sell on my page. If accepted, this affiliate program offers competitive percentages, a 50% off code for the digital download, and access to graphics for marketing. I'm also available for many types of shows and conferences in the Pacific Northwest and possibly beyond. As so many agree, our next generation is very important to continue this movement of self-sufficiency, and I am excited to be on the forefront of empowering you in that movement. My next episode, I'm going to start off with what might sound like a strange topic for spring, winter preparedness. Don't think I'm crazy. I have reasons. Then we're going to dive into topics of finding your passion and being confident in it. There were times that this was a hard path for me to follow, and I hope that I can give you some insight and inspiration. Have your ideas ready to envision as we go through this together. Thank you for joining me today at the Homestead Education, and I hope that I have given you something to think about this week. To help others find me, please comment and leave a review on your favorite podcast player. You can also follow me on Facebook at the Homestead Education and Instagram at Homestead underscore Education. Do you have questions that you would like answered or just want to say hi? Please email me at hello at the Until next time, keep growing!